And it's a hello from me, and I'm just waiting for Zareda to get connected. And it sounds like she's connected, and this is so exciting. Hello, Zareda. Hello, Kathy. How are you? <laughs> Good. This is fabulous. What we've decided to do today is start to just have, we have these earnest, in-depth, rabbit hole conversations that are full of fun and full of energy, talking about absolutely everything. And we decided we we're going to start this podcast situation. So this is exactly what it is. So I'm going to ask Zareda to just explain who she is and what she does on the planet. Okay, so big question. Um, <laughs> a tough question. <laughs> tough question. Yes, I, I mostly work as a kind of a therapist. Um, and I've done a lot of training in traditional psychology and um, energy psychology, including... Uh, from my mentor, Kathy, uh, the tapping, um, EFT. Um, I've also done things like family constellations and some shamanic work. Um, and I incorporate quite a lot of um, intuitive feeling into things. Um, and I'm quite guided, you know, through the work that I do. So it's kind of a, an unusual and always evolving mishmash yeah, <laughs> of things that I do and I offer. yes a hodgepodge um That's fantastic and I know you're a you're a damn fine therapist I've been for you uh, on several occasions where I don't know what it is you do but I do have like huge benefits afterwards and of course now with lockdown um in South Africa we're doing therapy online now so you mentioned me as that I was your um what did you say mentor <laughs> My mentor, yes, you are. <laughs> so you are mine on the other hand because I've done a lot of similar kind of work as you have, but I just don't do it in the same depth or same detail because I get, I think I've probably got adult um, attention disorder because I kind of get very bored. But I really do love the fact that you come with this intelligence and you're able to translate it into a form that I can understand and, and make it, mine as well so I think that's the beauty of what we both do in that we have our spiritual experience of our world and then we make it uniquely individually ours or mine you know and you yours yes absolutely so the whole point behind this podcast is that in this world of spirituality and new age new age thinking new age processing psychology um, human evolving uh, what else would you? What else kind of words would you use to like describe the field that we're in? Soul evolution, soul evolution, yeah. metaphysical development, um, all those those kinds of ideas um, from the very kind of esoteric um, and the very um, spiritual. Um, and I think what you're getting at is that it's kind of like how have we learned to take that in and translate it into our lives that we live day to day and as healers um, and as therapists yeah. and, and in the work that we do. Um, you as a writer, how do we translate all of that spirituality, esotericism, mysticism, and all the things that we've learned 
like how so how do you bring that into how you live your life is that what you were okay well yeah exactly exactly but I find a very good remedy like I think a lot of people have during lockdown and that's called Netflix (laughs) (laughs) yes for me, so so in exactly that, because because of there's the field is so maybe how can I say ungrounded and so out there and esoteric and free flowing. There's a lot of sometimes where I get to the, the, the in my mind I'm going okay I just need to be practical and go for a run or do something completely un that worldly like and um, eating Easter eggs or you know playing with a dog or you know. Going, going for a walk or, or something for me helps me bring myself back to me. So how do you find that you bring yourself back to you if you've gone on one of these courses and tangents and, you know, you've been floating about the planet for such a long time? How do you bring yourself back down to Earth, Zareda? Well, I, I think the Netflix and chilling is probably one of my, my primary ways to do it, absolutely. Um, and I think there's yeah. often... Um, these are things that are often unspoken about, I think, in, um, you know, when you, when you follow a lot of, you know, spiritual gurus or what people say, what should you do if you want to be a spiritual person? You know, it, it, it's, it's mm. like do a grounding meditation, do some yoga. Um, and mm. yet, you know, we kind of, we can do those things, but we also need to have a range of things that help us to feel connected to other people on the planet, but also, to help us rest our brains and rest our nervous systems. And so, yeah. you know, whilst you, yes, you can watch Netflix and or whatever, you know, streaming service you may watch and completely zone out and lose yourself and, and never um, really engage with anything about yourself. Um, I think you can yeah. do it in quite a mindful way, which is something I like to do. So I often look for messages, like say if I'm working through something uh, myself personally, I kind of ask for messages and signs through the things that I'm watching or the music that I'm listening to um, to give me guidance in that way. And yeah, it's often okay, amazing. Cool. Yeah, it's often amazing the stuff that comes through because you you know you forever I have my finger on the pause button because I need to stop and like write down something someone said that is just perfectly aligned <laughs> or something that I'm trying to understand or work through or whatever. Oh, you see, that's why you're the eternal student. And I, I play games on my phone when my TV is busy. <laughs> I play my young. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. Well, that's a good thing to do. It's like you need to. So that's why we let your brain. A good like combination. Yeah. 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 So, exactly. So for instance, um, you know, like one of the things that I remember you taught me about value in myself and I think that's a lot of you know in the healing world when you're when you're a healer or when you're working with people there there is like this service of being something to other people but it's how do you bring yourself and how do you treat yourself back you know and one of the things you told me years ago and and it stuck with me is that on the Christmas Eve I think it is hey Mm -hmm. That you 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 get yourself a whole display and you put fancy candles and you have this most magical moment um, to your to yourself by yourself and I thought that is just so awesome. I mean, I'm lucky if I if I I, I try not mm-hmm. to. I mean, I'm very tempted, but I try not to take my food on onto the bed. But but <laughs> the, the fact that you're sitting at a table, I mean, it's like. You're treating yourself with such your body you're with such a lot of respect, and I'll never forget that, that that this last Christmas when I was on my own, I did something similar, not quite 
it's a grand skill because I'm a lazy arse. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it did that. Ah, it was like a light bulb moment as one of our dear fellow um, communicators in, in the, the world would talk about. <laughs> you know who I mean? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if we can mention her name, like Oprah. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know our friend? <laughs> Megan's friend. Um, Megan's friend, yes. <laughs> So that I do think that that the self care doesn't necessarily just mean, as you said, as you said earlier, with the yoga and the, you know, the typical spiritual self care. It can be practical self care, like treating yourself to a lovely meal, or, um, you know, as you say, making notes and 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 just finding different different ways of 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 getting along on your spiritual journey that's uniquely yours. Exactly, because it's like, how do we take all these? high-minded, wonderful ideas and concepts and translate them into how we live our lives, you know, in these like very small day-to-day things. Um, you know, so yes, it's it's about watching Netflix mindfully, eating mindfully, sitting with yourself and cooking yourself a lovely meal. Um, but, you know, the other things, I mean, those are all very lovely things, but sometimes it's also learning those and this one I find quite powerful is, you know, the, the little inner boundaries for yourself. Like if you always like to have a, a neat and tidy place or you have an internal critic that's always telling you, oh, you, you know, you're, you need to tidy, you need to vacuum or whatever. And you just yeah. don't have the energy, you know, that to allow yourself to just say, I don't have the energy right now. I need to rest. What, what, how can I rest right now? And I'll get to the vacuuming or whatever at some other point. <laughs> Without needing to put all that pressure on yourself to be, um, I'm laughing. Right, yeah. because I actually vac- I actually vacuumed today. So did I, <laughs> but it's been a long time. Since <laughs> I did, this is why I could speak speak about it with the feeling of of. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, you're yeah. too tired. No, I must admit, is it is it is a real curse, and I think a lot of people, you know, in a way, um. Some people say, well, they, they, they find housework very therapeutic. I know I've got sisters that are like that. They, so they do exist. I, I promise you they do There exist. are people who do but exist is, like that. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> there is a good thing, like when you when you do listen to the body, either you're too tired not to do it or when you think, no, actually I'm, I'm wanting it done. And then afterwards, the, the energy does definitely feel clear. I mean, I can already feel it, you know, in my, in my bedroom that the, the energy does feel clear where I vacuumed. Mm. So well done, us. We well vacuumed. Done. We vacuumed. Woohoo! <laughs> but you know, you, I think. Sorry, I was just going to say you're go. reminding me of something that I often say to my clients, which is kind of what we're talking about as well. Which is, you know, it's about you know meeting ourselves where we are, you know, and yeah. like today was a day where both of us managed to find the energy and the inspiration to do some cleaning. And so, yeah. And and I think it has, when you meet yourself where you are, it's part of also figuring out what is my own rhythm, not when am I supposed to have lunch according to when the world tells me, or when am I supposed to do housework or when am I supposed to X, Y, Z? It's kind of like, what is my rhythm? Sleep. Yes. Yeah. You know, because I know you're more of a a night person, whereas I'm more of a morning person. Exactly. So, so, and then we've there got, is no right or wrong here. Exactly. We've got very different rhythms in that way. You know, Kathy's a runner, an amazing runner who has run the comrades. Sev, how many times is it now, Kath? <laughs> well, I've got four medals, but I've started nine times. So I need to get my odds up. But that's still amazing, can I just say. I watch people Thanks. running on TV shows. 
Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I look nothing like them. <laughs> no, no well, I've, I've I've followed you when you've been running on the on the on the comrades app. Yes, you have. <laughs> you have. But you know, so it's it's like, w- what are the different rhythms? And like, I think there was a time when early on in in when I got to know Kathy that I thought, oh gosh, I should run. Running seems so good, and it is really good because it's fantastically grounding, and I think it clears your head wonderfully. Um, and really help mm-hmm, to, to clear yourself, your energy, right? Yeah. Oh, did you want to not say more about that? I, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let me give you an example. I mean, I, I was a very reluctant runner at first, um, and it took me a long time to think, because, I mean, I love people, so I'd much rather do a sport with with a team or, you know, we played a bit of volleyball or we played a little bit of netball. No, but, but I sound like this regular athlete, but let me tell you that I am, I'm, I'm not, I'm just putting that disclaimer out there. But my sister was doing the running and I thought there's no ways on earth I could do that because, you know, I didn't think we could talk and run at the same time. And then as I reached nearly you know, 40, I thought, hang on, I've got my, I've got my body, I've got my health and I'm wasting it. And I knew I was going on a hike. And that was the only reason what got me running. But obviously, my timing was right, or the divine timing. I do believe in that. And suddenly, it was fun because I realized there was a whole world out there that I knew nothing about. Because the world that I thought was of runners was of the cover of runners world and those you know, Olympic-looking athletes. And I was by no means anywhere close to that. So it was like, and there's one thing that I, I, I am, is I'm very curious um, a polite way for saying nosy, but if there's another world that I've visited, like in the running world, I want to know what goes on in that world because I, I've got this endless curiosity. How do people live their lives? What are their stories? And when it comes to the running, it is a, a fascinating place because on the road, what I've actually met is myself. That sounds really amazing um, and very inspiring, actually. Um, yeah. So, sorry, I was I interrupted this, you. No, 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 no. Um, I the, the interesting thing about what I met on the running was was because and, and a friend and I were talking the other day. Sorry, this is not meant to be a, a running discussion, but there is there is because nobody can make me do it. I can't blame the team member. I can't blame anybody else for dropping the ball. I can't blame a bicycle for having a puncture. It is basically just my responsibility to get my sorry ass over the finish line. And there have been many times, as you mentioned the the marathon earlier, um, that I didn't get over the finish line. So my friend was saying last week that she was saying, so, but you recover really quickly. And I'm going, what what the running has really done for me, and I'm talking the longer distance running, is that it has made me completely understand about living in the moment because if we're starting on a long race and we're doing like 60 kilometers or something and in the morning, and there are some runners that do this, they go, Oh, how are we going to get to the line? It's going to take so long. And they're, they're negative before you've even gone like five Ks. It, it, and I think that's what, what has taught me in the life is I used to spend a lot of time reflecting on the past and worrying about the future. And the now was kind of absent. I was absent from my now. And, and, and by, by doing something as physically um, I was going to say draining, well, I suppose it is draining, but it's physically challenging. Yeah, as running, it made me realize, oh, those are my toes. Oh, here I am. Oh, this is a big uphill. Mm-hmm. And for that, 
time whenever I'm doing a run, whether it be a short run lately or, or, or you know, like the longer ones of yesteryears, I am in that moment. And that's really helped me understand all this stuff of the spiritual journey. Mm, that sounds really amazing because I imagine like when, you're, when your feet are hurting and you're getting blisters, it's very hard not to be in your body in that moment because you're just in pain. Um, you know, so, and, it, and yes. I don't mean it to mean, you know, that it has to be a painful experience being in our bodies. But I think yes. it's a lot easier for those of us that have experienced trauma at any point in our lives. It's a lot easier to kind of like trip out and numb out and zone out. And that's why things like, you know, Netflix are, are great. Um, but I think what, you, what you're describing is like, how do, we, how do we embody all these things that we read about? Um, all these meditations are great, yeah. but like, how do you, how do you bring that into f- figuring out who you are, figuring out what your body is? And that's yeah. what you're describing is that like through the running, it's, it's allowed you and helped you to actually be in your body, to actually force yourself into yourself. And I did, I mean, I did try, I did try a lot of the yoga. I did a try and look and what I've come to accept, what you mentioned earlier, was that, you know, the acceptance of what other people talk about your rhythms and your ways is, it's, I think on the spiritual journey, we keep thinking we need to be like that spiritual yeah. person or that spiritual teacher or that spirit. And it's like, hang on, this is my journey. Yes. This is so, and it's only taken me about 30 years to get to this point where I realized it's like, oh, I can eat when I want. I can run when I want. I can, I, I can use my running as a form of meditation. I can use dancing or music as a form of meditation. And by dancing, just let me reframe, it's like jiggling around the living room, but it's my living room and I'll jiggle if I want. <laughs> but so I, so I think at the end of the day, it's what makes us happy. And I mean, you and I, we share a love of, of comedy and we have, you know, when you're laughing, it's very hard to be in a bad mood if you're genuinely mm. laughing. And it, and I think it definitely does lift our vibration. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Abraham and others always talk about the, the therapy of laughter. That I think it's also, you know, sometimes, I mean, to, to segue a little bit here, sometimes I find like finding the laughter in the darkest moments. You know, yes, it's yes. great to watch easy light comedies and to laugh at Monty Python and that kind of thing. But often one of the places that I, I find some of the, the deepest healing that, that I've, I've been able to find is finding humor in the darkest places, in the moments when, you know, someone has died and you're going through this horrendous, unimaginable grief to, you know, bring in humor in those moments or to find humor in, you know, in the tragedy of human experience. Um, is also, I mean, it's oh, quite yeah. a strange thing. A lot of people find me a bit odd, and you too, I'm sure, Kat. Um, no. <laughs> oh, you mean I don't find you odd? I'm yes, with I you. know you and I both. <laughs> you know, it's like our, it's like very dark comedy, yeah. dark humor around around death. Yeah. And I mean, one of the other things in this maybe something that we can enjoy sharing with people is both of us have the ability um, as mediums. You know, what does that mean? Um, being able to commune yeah. with spirits, you know, across the veil or deceased loved ones. There are various ways people talk about this. Um, but, mm. you know, to be able to even find, I mean, it's such an honor and such an incredibly uplifting 
um, experience to be able to do that. But what one of the things I found, and I'm sure Kath, you have as well, is like just the humor of just the humor of the universe. Like the universe is always taking this with you. But yeah. even the, even the spirits that you commune <laughs> with often have the greatest sense of humor um, and think it's it's hugely oh. funny to to like do it's, things to you. T- do you have some experiences like that, Kath? You know, I mean, it, it wasn't my channeling, but I went for a reading years ago and um, my late friend had wanted to go. So she went in and she was in, I think she was in for about two hours. So by the time I, I got like the crumbs of the <laughs> leftover time slot and and I, I had lost my sister about maybe 10 years before that time. So, you know, I hadn't heard much from her. So I thought, okay, maybe she'll come through. And the bless her heart, I can't even remember the clairvoyant's name, but she kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm just getting very, just very interrupted here. And she, she kept saying this. And eventually it turned out it was my one of my school friend's father and he was broad, broad Scots. And he had been, he'd had a garden service. So, but I didn't recognize it at first. So she kept saying, I keep seeing a lawnmower. And when I clicked as to who was coming in, he was exactly the same as he was in life as he was yeah. in spirit. And she kept saying, no, I, I'm getting... He's just taking charge. He's interrupting. And I, th- I thought that was hilariously funny because I recognized him immediately. <laughs> but she, because she wanted her standard way of giving messages through, she even said to me, look, I think I'll do another telephone consult with you because I, I-, I just wasn't playing my game. And I'm going, well, my- he'll probably show up next time too. But exactly that. I think <laughs> it is in the darkest moments where I have to almost um, not blurt out <laughs> Inappropriate, inappropriate things. Can I can I share one of my funny spirit experiences, please? So when when my dad passed away, Kathy was and I were friends, and and she had some interesting experiences that my dad kind of communed through her. Uh, but one of the funny things that happened with yeah. me is I was I was in a very stupid moment. I was like, Dad, I I I can feel you, but I'd like to see you. Always a dangerous thing to ask. And I woke up. Yes. I woke up in the middle of the night, and there was this sort of impression of my dad, sort of in the middle of my bed, but like half his body was sticking up from the mattress, like about you know the top half of his body. And I and I, it was so funny. So I opened my eyes and I thought, wait, this can't be real. And then I like kind of opened them a bit more and blinked them furiously. And then I realized I was actually seeing something. So I did the very mature thing and I just pulled my duvet over my head. <laughs> and suffice to say, I didn't. Start saying the Catholic yeah. girl, maybe. Well, I should have. Well, kadoish, kadoish, kadoish. <laughs> the, the Hebrew. I, I, I did then say, okay, I'm okay with not seeing, just sensing and, uh, you know, having inner visions is fine. Thank you very much. I did I did exactly the same in my early early years of of this world of spiritualism and I had gone I had a friend I mean she'd lost her husband and he, she was on this quest and I had seen the, the Shirley MacLaine movie um oh I can't remember the one um but it was one of the it wasn't the Camino one it was one of the early ones and it was about her becoming quite spiritual and I was fascinated so my friend went off to the spiritualist church so, so I thought okay I'm going to do this as well and my husband at the time, he he was away. And I thought, okay, come and I want somebody to visit me. <laughs> <laughs> I just exactly some of the situ- at bed. I mean, why do we say these things at bed at Idiotic. night? I mean, you know, I've got my feet off Idiotic. the ground. And um, yeah, and then the blanket lifted as well. So then I'm going, I I, I told my friend, I'm going, no, I says the next day, I says, I'm so scared. She goes, 
just bless yourself with light. And, you know, I used to do that regularly all the time, especially as a newbie to, to the spiritual world, because I, and, and only much later when I went on a different course did I understand why did I get such a fright if this is what I mm. want to do. And you and I, we often talk about this, what our body responds to, and it's almost like it's a separate entity to, to our spirit. And the body gets frightened. Mm. So even though we're quite enlightened and we've, you know, we've explored a lot of avenues, it's still that like, oh, I'm not supposed to be seeing this, and this is our body response. But now I understand it. But at the time, I was like, okay, I shouldn't have maybe done this when, when Nick was away. <laughs> exactly. But I think what what's, I'm just, you know, thinking about what we're talking about. And I think, you know, this whole idea of, you know, all the, let's use the big word, the clairsentient, you know, abilities, uh, clairvoyance yeah. and claircognizance and clairaudience and clairsentience and that's why I invited you because I don't, I don't remember know, all the words. Fancy things. But, you know, I think, you know, I'm sure this was similar for you as well, Kath. Like when I started out, I was like, oh, these people who can do these things. Oh, my God, they are so amazing. Can I touch your feet, please? Um, and I learned some, you know, you know, it's also I think for both Kathy and, and I, it's been uh, it's been a couple of decades for me, longer for you, Kath. Um, mm -hmm. And, it, you know, I think like it, it felt like such an un um an intangible thing this thing only very very gifted people could do and only very special people and only yeah. people who worked hard enough and vibrated hard enough and high enough or whatever uh, could do these things and, yeah. and I think part of both of our journey has been kind of um you know I learned this a lot through Kathy because she already had a lot of these skills when I first got to know her um but it part of embodying our spirituality part of it of allowing it to become part of our everyday life is, you know, small things like muscle testing, what food you, your body feels like it wants to eat on a day, but also this, this, you know, mediumship, this tuning in, this channeling. Um, and I think it's yeah. quite helpful to hear people talking about it in a, in a, in a much more fun way. Cause I think it's, I mean, there's a lot of respect yeah. and honor that we have been uh, granted th these gifts and been be able to open to these gifts. Absolutely. So there's always that reverence at, at the honor of having these gifts. Yeah. But, you know, I think people often, what people don't realize is that we do all have the capacity. We do all have the ability. And the yeah. more you just open yourself yeah. to it and the more you play is actually how it expands yeah. more. And on that, Kathy and I have been having some fun telepathy of of late. <laughs> we had a very funny little example of she was uh, she'd gone off to visit somebody and um she was saying no she she came back and she was like I could feel she was so firstly I, I sensed she didn't say anything in her messages. Um we didn't see each other. Um I sensed that she was something had shifted in her energy, like she felt a little bit off or down or something wasn't quite right. So I checked and I was like, are you okay? And she said, yes, no, no, she'd just been to visit this friend and she thought she was feeling, maybe she just picked up some negativity or whatever. And I said, yeah, it does, yeah. does feel like it. So this is like Kathy and I, my normal conversations. Like, yeah, I said, it definitely feels like it. And then this Britney Spears song starts playing in my head, like the beginning of it. I, I'm not going to try doing it. We'd have to try and insert it somewhere. But it's like, and then the song plays and it's like, because you know that you're toxic. And so now I'm like, well, sure. Now I'm like, oh, wow, this song's really playing. So I like, ha ha, send it to her, saying to her like, you know, oh, the song is playing in my head. 
and I get a voice note back. Kath, you tell this part of the story. <laughs> it just says, no fucking way. <laughs> because when I drove out of my apartment, well, my, my, my garage, um, the song was playing on the radio and it just started to play. And I thought, oh, wow, I haven't heard that intro in such a long time <laughs> because I haven't heard the song on the radio. So when she said that, I'm thinking, and I was on my, I was driving on, on the way to this friend of ours that we were talking about. And it's like, wow, this is just like new level. I have a cosmic DJ. So my cosmic DJ has been helping me, uh, just remind me how connected I am all through lockdown and all through, you know, the, the, this last year that we've had in this crazy time of, of pandemic, because I would put on the radio and I'd be either thinking of somebody and I'd walk in. But this this example of of the Britney Spears connection <laughs> with you was just like off the charts. It's like, okay. Wow. So yeah, I think and I, I think that's what we need to remember or to remind any of the listeners is that when we're working, as you said, when you start to play with it, we've worked on ourselves. So we've worked our we're definitely working on ourselves as a divine as being one with divine. Now that sounds like it's very high convoluted, but it's exactly that. It is a matter of seeing the synchronicities everywhere and just appreciating them. Because when we laugh, when we've had this connection, we know immediately our vibration is higher. And we know through the through the formal study that that how can I say the progression of of getting, I don't know, more clever, more attuned is to raise our vibration. So my cosmic DJ does it for me regularly, but this was a very good example. Yes, I guess it's my mine must be my cosmic uh, Netflix, right? <laughs> that's where I get my message. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think that's it. The more, and I, you know, one of my clients actually had recommended me to listen to Alan Watts, the philosopher who who died in the sixties. But when I listened to him talk, and he he keeps, you know, he he, I can't even tell you what his fundamentals are, but he just seems like. He says, we're here for the fun. We take ourselves far too seriously. And that had always been my mantra. So even as a sensitive little girl, and I know you were also very sensitive as a mm. child, Zareda, but I think our, say, our sense of humor has saved us individually, you and I, on, on levels that I think we can't really understand. Well, we're understanding it mm. better now, but all through the years, there'd be completely inappropriate thoughts, comments, or instances where I'd been like, taking everything on so seriously and then something funny like that would happen and make me laugh or I would make somebody yes. else laugh. Well, so I do, I do think. No, that, I was mm. just going to say a beautiful example of that is exactly from yesterday. I was, um, something had triggered me into a, a bit of an anxiety um, rabbit hole. And I, I messaged mm. Kathy and I said, I know I'm doing it to myself. I'm amplifying my negative thoughts and worries and I'm making myself feel worse. And Kathy said, do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? <laughs> so Kathy just said, she sent me a voice note and she said, you are a fantastic amplifier. Look at you. You can amplify things. So let's flip that around. What else could you amplify today? And oh my goodness, did that not just, it made me laugh. I was sitting there laughing and crying as I listened to this voice note. And it just shifted it. So not to say that the deep, painful stuff that we go through isn't important to be exploring, understanding our shadow and all of that, but also being able to flip it can sometimes help open our minds around it. 
You know, we get so single-mindedly focused when we're in pain that we can't see anything else and we get fixated. And that was exactly what I was doing. And I think this is a great example that listeners could hopefully find hope in, um, is that, you know, we're living this day to day. We are not some fancy people living on a mountaintop doing yoga 15 hours a day and breatharians not eating any food anymore. We, we try to live in the world. You know, we have a lot of challenges. We have things triggering us. Um, But it's like, and I think that's probably one of the biggest messages that both of us want to share with you is that it's like, how do you bring all these big ideas and all these notions that everybody has? It's two things. How do you bring that into Mm. how I actually live my life without judging myself anymore? Because now this guru said I must do this Mm. or this teacher said I must do that. On the, on, so that's one part of it. And the other part of it, I've entirely forgotten now. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let me just interrupt you then while you remember. that The thing about the how has always been my bugbear. Mm-hmm. Because I listened to somebody the other day and she was on the radio and she was giving like motivational messages. And she goes, just remove yourself from the toxic situation. Just just get rid of the people and just, you know, say goodbye on these relationships and say that. And I'm sitting there and I'm screaming in my head going, how? How do you do this? So I think what you and I have actually learned is the mechanics of spiritual mm. living in a way, because it's like, you know, you can't just stop a negative thought or you can't just cut yourself from somebody if they're in in the, in your immediate surroundings or, you know, in, like what we've done with lockdown, we've been faced with our loved ones or our family you know, for such a long time that you can't just go out. I mean, in South Africa, we couldn't even go for a walk in the first three weeks. So what my biggest bugbear, and this is what I'm hoping that through this evolvement of the, the, the podcast, is that we help people get their how. How do I get myself out of this constant thinking of the negative, like from, as you said, from dra- dropping into the, the anxiety. So one of the examples that, that I experienced was, you know, my ex always used to say to me, oh, why do you overanalyze everything? And I used to be apologetic and, you know, oh, no, I'm sorry. But, you know, like, oh. and then the one day I thought, because I'm damn good at it. And, you know, that was, it flipped it on, 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 on its head for me because I'm thinking, of course I analyze everything. I do. This is what I do. I love it. I, I'm really very mm. good at it. But I always used to see it as mm. a bad thing. So when anybody says to me, like a negative quality is, well, find the strength mm. in it. And as soon as you find the strength in it, it flips it on, on its head. Yes, as exactly. And I think part of, you know, the difficulties, like people telling you what to do, you've already had that. And you're probably struggling with your sense of self and trying to find yourself and trying to figure out. So you're trying to find a way to live that makes you feel better. But now you've already got all these negative voices mm-hmm. from your past, your family or your exes or whatever in your head telling you, you you know, like in your case, you know, you're overanalyzing or you're this or you're too negative Mm. or you're too sensitive or whatever, whatever. And then on top of it now, you've got some guru saying, well, and you must stop doing this now and you mustn't do that. And you must just leave them. You must just leave them. You must just walk out. You must just, you know, and so you, you then all you've, all we've then done is added to the huge chorus yeah, the huge mm-hmm. chorus, traumatic chorus of negative naysayers inside of ourselves that are continuing to make us feel worse, to be very honest, you know? 
So yeah. I think for both of us, yeah. it's been about learning. And I've remembered my second point. You'll be pleased to know. Um, Good. <laughs> I am very pleased. Because it, it is about, like in many ways, I think this is why spirituality is so challenging is in the past we had, you know, and they, you know, the, we still have them, but we had clearer ideas of how to behave and what to do and what to do when in the religious structures and institutions. Mm. When you use a more open-ended, mm. open-minded spirituality, it is about figuring it out and for yourself. But that also means like what resonates with your soul, what resonates as a truth for you, which may be different from someone else's. Um, and Good learning point. to translate that into what what does feel right for you is part of your process. Yes, mm. there are times that maybe we want to reject something that feels really uncomfortable. I mean, I remember when um, I, f I first years ago learning about like the mirror thing. So, you know, if, if you're angry with someone because they're behaving a certain way, like maybe they, there's something in you that is like that. So that doesn't necessarily mean mm. that you know, if this person is being a, a bully, that you are also a bully. But what it might mean is that you are yeah. bullying yourself in some way. And that was really hard for me. You know, yeah. that was hard for me. And I rejected it for quite a long time because I was like, I kept thinking, I was like, but I'm not, I try so hard not to bully other people. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. And then slowly, slowly, I, I began to understand and realize that it was what it was trying to teach me is that I'm really good at bullying myself. And that's hard. Oh, yeah. And I guess the next part of that is how for you and I is like, how do I learn to stop bullying myself? How do well, love the, 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 to me, the, the thing is, is catching yourself in the yeah, middle of it. That's the thing. That's one of the first steps and the hardest lessons to learn. How do you catch yourself in the middle of it? Yeah. And I think what's really good for you, and, and, and I think at the end of the day, I'm just you know giving you a bit of kudos here because you've you, you you start you've started to recognize when you're slipping down into the rabbit hole and you'll say this is not working for me so the people around you like myself or somebody else that you might be chatting to will be able to say okay what do you want me to do or whatever but th that's the recognition your awareness because I I can sense and anticipate sometimes sometimes that you know you're going through into into overload or whatever like you did with me the other day and then sometimes it, it's just helpful to somebody to nudge you and say hey where are you going mm. in your mind mm. where are you going you know so it's not a bully it's just like you know you're dropping down exactly stop. yeah and and in the that that as you say that self-awareness just to, to just keep doing that on a regular basis is like oh, okay but there's also a benefit like the other day I actually just wallowed for a bit where I just actually sat and I thought, well, I could tap for this or I could do this for that or I could do some meditations and my body just go, no. And I thought, just stay with a petulant little yeah. child. She just wants some attention. And that's, I think, a very important thing. A lot of spiritual teachers are about like, you know, get away from the feeling, get away from the feeling, especially the difficult, bad feelings, you know, anger, hate, jealousy, depression, yes. you know, sadness, grief, get away, get away, get away run screaming from the room yeah. and you know and and yes absolutely yeah. the you know so many techniques can help us with that but I think one of the most profound spiritual lessons that I learned because at one point I had a, a therapist who was trying to make me become a Buddhist and um, she would you know always say anger is evil and I, I remember thinking 
gosh, there's no hope for me then. I'm not going to make it as a Buddhist. I'm not going to make it as anything, really. <laughs> and, and I struggled yeah. with it. I mean, I had quite an existential crisis around it for a while. I was like, I've been rejected by spirituality because I'm that good. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> and, you know, probably, and to, just to kind of follow up from what you're saying is that, you know, to just learn, learning to be with ourselves in our shitty emotions, and not just them. This yeah. for me is a daily, this is my daily practice, you know, like how yeah. I just yeah. be with feeling apathetic, feeling down, feeling angry, feeling like a petulant child. How do I be with those parts yeah. of myself? How do I stop judging them? How do I stop forcing myself to get away from the feelings? Um, and I think that's the true alchemy mm. of, of what real spirituality is in the human experience is how do I, yeah. how do I be with myself and how do I accept myself? Yeah. That was very profound. That was, I'm like, <laughs> wow. I thought we weren't going to use big words. <laughs> <clears throat> so you're sitting with Zureta and Kathy, and we're chanting about all things spiritual in a bit of a hodgepodge of a session. And we're just coming to the, the, the conclusion that um, we're all the masters of our own destiny and we can just have a laugh or Zareda's got the big words to describe it. I'll just say, well, let's eat chocolate and go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, let's eat chocolate and let's Netflix and chill. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but what you did say about um, catching yourself in it and, 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 sitting with ourselves and to the acceptance. Now, one of the, one of the best spiritual practices that I came to begin to really understand was the difference between accept and approve. Mm-hmm. And I'd done a hospice counseling course years ago and I'd studied psychology and I'd done all the things as well, but I still could not. And it's not other people. Cause I mean, other people were always, they were always my um, approval masters. Anyway, it was approval of myself. And when I realized that I didn't necessarily have to approve myself, but I did have to accept myself, that made the world of difference to me. Mm. It's like, oh, so I don't have to be perfect. Oh, I don't have to be this. I don't have to be that. I don't have to be um, a genius. I don't have to be good all the time. I don't have to, but just accept that I'm going to have moments of anger, moments of, of sheer helplessness, of sheer laziness of and I'm using all those derogatory terms because that's the kind of inner critic that I had it's like oh okay so there's the there's the inner critic calling me a lazy arse mm-hmm. again okay and when I realize it's oh that's interesting instead of it going oh I must be better I must be better that constant inner struggle for me definitely made huge it, it was almost like the acceptance is like oh okay I'm having a bad mm-hmm. moment not a bad life I've got a bad mm-hmm. moment exactly and so that definitely did yeah. help. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I was saying, that is, I think, one of the hardest steps, you know, from the clients that I see, you know, that is often one of the things that takes us the longest to work on, um, yeah. which is, you know, to be able to firstly recognize, like you're saying, catching yourself, recognize how much of that inner criticism is going on. Um, that were the voices of others and then now the voice of ourselves as, as well the chorus the in you know I suppose it's like a it's like yeah. a Greek chorus in a funny way isn't it uh, <laughs> commenting on our behavior 
oh, Oedipus. Sorry, I've got got yeah. on the track, but I'll come. I'll pull myself back. Um, and now I've I've now <laughs> and you see I do these things. I go off on a funny little tangent, and then I completely forget what I was talking about. Um, sorry, <laughs> and that's okay. We accept it. We accept it. We have to accept where we're at. I don't even know who Udip, Udip, I can even say it. Udipius is. <laughs> You're the learned one, my friend. <laughs> no, it was. It was more the trying to think of how we could uh, visualize what that that chorus of inner critics could be. <coughs> oh, sorry. Um, loud. They're very, very yes. loud. And, those and inner it can critics. be kind and of pop. pop that's big, a, it's like a rock, a big band, you know. Of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on megaphones and I think that's what where, where we you and I have come to the acceptance of you know what what happens in our head what happens in our head is much louder than what we've been listening to all our lives because the chorus has become so loud so how do we stop listening to the chorus how do we stop making the chorus bully us what what, what you'd said it happens mm. to you um and because in in the spiritual world, in the spiritual realm, I suppose it's in, in any religious realm even, it's a matter of we need to love thyself or love myself. Meanwhile, I can't mm. even like myself. How can mm. I love myself? And we say the yeah. things, but it's the feeling, as you said earlier, we've got to trust the feeling. And I don't like what I'm feeling. I don't like what I'm feeling about myself. And it's this mantra that we can get so stuck in. So it just needs somebody to go, stop. You know, you're doing the best that mm. you can. I'm doing the best that I can. Yeah. And one one of the things that, that, that the teachings that Abraham had taught me years ago, which has stuck with me, is I am what I am and it's mm. okay. And that definitely helped my acceptance um, shift from the need to approve into I am what I am mm. and it's okay. I can't be anybody else. I can't be shorter. I can't be um, – well, I can – pretend I can speak differently because I do that every morning but you know it, it, there's certain things that I just can't change and it's just like well I have to accept that's mm. who I am and it's not that bad and I go oh yeah and and it is that you know because we live in a world that's forever selling us what we should be um and that what we are isn't yeah. enough in any way we're not thin enough tall enough I mean you're talking about being yeah. tall and I always feel short you know so <laughs> you never win you know, you, we're not men, we're not um, whatever, you know, fill in whatever blank. Um, so it, 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 yeah. You know, it is so hard because it's it's our social systems, our cultural systems, our spiritual systems that are always telling us that we are not okay. What I, you know, what I am is not okay, you know. So for, yeah. of course, you're going to hate yourself. Of course, you're going to struggle and and of course, so often the whole thing about what is self, well, I mean, self-love is such a big confusing concept, but like even self-like, firstly, a lot of spiritual traditions will mm. tell you that selfish. Uh, a lot of religious traditions will tell you that self-absorbed. Um, but also it, it's like, sorry, it's gone again. Yeah, my okay. <laughs> selfishness of it. Say again. The selfishness of, of being accepted, of accepting, accepting yourself. yourself. Yeah. And, and like yeah. yourself. And that, but what I find, and what, this is what I was, I was saying about, you know, tracking through with, with my clients and with myself, um, is that it's about learning, as you were saying, just to echo what you were saying, that it is about coming to understand who you are, figuring that out, and then learning to accept these different aspects of yourself. 
you know, in, instead mm. of continuing to judge yourself, that's what the process of self-like towards self-love um, is about. It's just about learning the inner acceptance, catching yourself when you are doing all that inner criticism yeah. and learning to firstly just catch it, then to begin questioning yes. it, but also in a more kind way. Because just one of the things that I wanted to mention is that sometimes it's like, oh, it's my inner critic. And then you start berating your inner critic. No, now there's just a bigger fight going on inside. You know, so it's like, gosh, okay, yeah. so my inner, something's, something's popped up right now and it's probably trying to protect me from something, you know? So just a lot of yes. self-kindness, you know? I think that's the biggest thing is like, how do we find kindness yeah. inside of ourselves towards ourselves? That to me is, a, yeah. is one of the biggest, most important things. I, and one of the things that I often say to my clients that, that um, is like, you wouldn't talk to your friend like mm. this, but as you say, it's catching yourself that's doing it. It's like, you wouldn't treat, you wouldn't treat your, your friend like this. You wouldn't talk to me like that. I wouldn't talk to you like the way that I talk mm. to myself. Well, I used to, I'm far gentler on myself. Now that has been, I didn't, I used to blame age or whatever, you know, as I'm getting older, it's like, well, but you know, I'm then discounting all the work I have done. So I'm being kinder in myself. It's like, you've come a long way. And funny enough, today I was actually thinking how negative my self-talk used to be when mm. I was young. I wanted to, you know, you and I had chatted during the week about that kind of thing, about the, the, the younger 20-year-old. And I'm going, I was so hypercritical. Mm. And now, you know, one of my examples, because often when I say, as I say about the how, one of the examples that I know the thing has shifted is when, I used to, you know, those days when there was used to be big mirrors in OK Bazaars. I don't know I if remember you ever go to the OK Bazaars. No, I, I do. <laughs> For some reason, that's what keeps coming in my head. I would see myself in the mirror. You know, I, I'd walk past, and you know, like you get a jump. I don't know if you ever, you've ever jumped at your own <laughs> reflection. Like a cat. And then I would, I would say sorry. Yeah. I'd say sorry, first of all, because that was my, my second um, habit. And then I would look at myself and go, ew. Oh. And now when I woke up last night, I mean, there I am in all my glory listening to my podcast on, on my bed and I happened to just look to the side and there was a mirror that was pointed that way. And instead of going, ew, I went, oh, and I started to <laughs> smile. And it was just that slight notice of I am far gentler in my own head towards myself now than I ever have been in, in my entire life. So to me, and it's just a matter of catching myself going, ew, 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 and going, oh, you're not supposed to. I wouldn't talk to my friend like that. If I see you, I don't go, ew, you know? So it's, it's hard to do. It is very hard to do. So when you're brushing your teeth, I'm now like smiling at myself, <laughs> looking at them in the mirror. And I mean, I know that sounds bizarre because then the toothpaste goes everywhere. But at the end of the day, to start somewhere small, with it like a tangible thing is like look at yourself and see how you feel because or see how you feel hear how you feel what mm. are the words that you use when you look at yourself just that briefly mm. in the mirror and and that's usually a good a good guide as to where your self-acceptance mm. is at exactly and, and if if you know some sometimes like the looking at yourself in the mirror may be too much already for you you know, so start with something yeah, slightly yeah. different, like see what it feels like when you when you put something in your mouth and you taste it. Move to another something, you yeah. know. It, so, because like yeah. I find like yes. I mean, some of the mirror work is so beautiful and amazing, like Louise Hay does. But for a lot of people, especially a lot of people who've experienced intense trauma, 
looking at yourself in the mirror is yes. traumatic, you know? So like, yeah, that's what I mean. Don't yeah. linger. Don't linger. Yeah. So I say, I don't linger. No. <laughs> it's just like a quick, that reflex of uh, how is your, how is your response? Because that is an often an indicator. So yeah, for sure. When, 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 when I saw the Louise Hay work, mirror work that time and years ago, I just thought there's no ways I could, um, there's no ways I'm doing and, that. It's just, I just cannot But you do see that. what, what I like about that, Kat, is that you honored that in yourself. It was too much for you then. Yes. So it wasn't appropriate for you at that time. You know, there's all this amazing work exactly. out there, but it may not be the timing or it may not be the right one for you. You know, and I think you just described that beautifully yes. because then it would have been so scary and damaging and possibly more traumatizing. But now you've exactly. grown yeah. in the work that you've done yourself to the point where if you were to do that mirror work right now, it would be so amazing and fulfilling because you're, you're doing it. You're able to look at yourself without yeah. the you. You know, you're able to just yeah. like, oh, that's me, you know, which is a lovely thing, actually. So I think that's an important takeaway yeah. as well, which is I think what we both experience is that you know, you, you, you maybe find one teacher that you think is really amazing and then they say something and you think, oh, I don't know, hey? And then you think, well, maybe yeah. that's because there's something wrong with me. My ego is bad. I'm bad. So yeah. it must be me that's wrong. But maybe it's also, it, there's a number of things that, that could be happening inside of you. So it is about, I think, probably what the strongest message both of us could give is that it, it's so much about trying to find your, yourself within things you know? And yeah. so like, so for example, like, you know, if you happen to try the brushing your teeth and smiling that Kathy suggested in the mirror and it feels like, Oh, no, that's a bit too much. Okay. That's okay for now. E even in that, kindness, yeah, even in that, mm -hmm. we bring the kindness and then move to doing something else yes. like rub cream on your hands. Maybe uh, if you do and feel just if that doesn't feel as threatening, that's okay. You know, so that's what I'm going to do for now. Or I'm going to, you know, Good. have drink a glass of water and notice how that feels. I use a different sensor, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. I think both of us have learned I'm that. That's good. been one of mm. the biggest things. Is like, don't, you know, it's not about just picking one teacher or one philosophy. It's about understanding the range and reading and then feeling in what feels intuitively right for you. And I mean, we can do more you know, conversations around how do we figure out what we're intuitively feeling in future podcasts. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think I think today was was a really good um, roundup of of where we're at, what we want to do going forward, how we're going to make. You know, how do because in, in my early years, I, I'm trying to think when it was in the '90s. I think I was my my big spiritual quest started. Um, there wasn't, we obviously didn't have the internet, so we couldn't Google anything. I mean, even doing something like this podcast was just way out of reach for, for, for the likes mm. of you and I. And I just think there's so much information out there that people can end up feeling overwhelmed. And to learn, I mean, I know I was so eager in my in my, my 20s to learn it all, and I want to learn it all now. And why did I not know it, know it beforehand? Instead of just now, it's like, oh, well, you know what? Never going to learn it all. And I'm actually okay with mm. that too. Um, I have good, good friends that can tell me things like <laughs> yourself. <laughs> and I have good people that can show me other things. And it's not all my, it's not all on my shoulders. My only thing on my shoulders is mm. myself. And I'm beginning to get a little bit more of acceptance mm -hmm. of that. So really, I do think that this was a lovely little chat. So I thank you, Zareda, for your awesome contribution and your lovely time. 
and your expertise and really do, you know, maybe in, in future podcasts, we can do some channeling yeah. just for fun and have a little bit of play with it. So that, so the people that are listening, you know, they don't become too scared about what's out there and what's, what's mm -hmm. what, um, and, and that kind of thing. How do you that feel sounds that? amazing and actually something that just popped into my head in a very intuitive kind of channeling sort of way is I was just thinking, I think what is so beautiful is we have a conscious friendship. And what that means is that yes. we're very aware of each other, the things we say to each other. Um, we explore and um, kind of expand on each other's gifts as we interact yeah. with each other. And I must, I must say, I find yeah. that it grows as I interact with you, and I'm hoping yours feels like it grows as you interact with me. Um, and it's, it's beautiful it's to be able to be kind of sharing that with the world, you know. So thank you, Kathy, for your yes. podcast and for oh, inviting you. me to join you in this fun exploration that we will do together. Yeah. I'm super excited. Let's just do another exactly. one right now. <laughs> Well, thank you for thank your time. You. We'll thank chat you. soon.